Welcome to America's Auto Enthusiast Program. This is Auto World. And now, here's your host, Bob Long. That's me. Welcome, everybody. I am so happy to be with you. We're live all across North America on great radio stations. And around the world, you can find us at GCNlive.com. And don't forget, at the network's website, we have a podcast, we have archives, we have on-demand, we have whatever you need at GCNlive.com. And, of course, uh, in this hour, we're going to be focusing on... Uh, lubrication, because we've got our lubrication expert, Dan Watson, a gentleman with more than 25 years worth of experience. He's one of the largest AMSOIL distributors in all of North America, and a man in which I learn something from every single week that he joins us here on the program. Telephone-wise, if you'd like to chime in with your question about anything in the realm of lubrication, synthetics... And it doesn't have to be automobiles either. We've taken calls and emails about snowmobiles and uh, tractors and even weed whackers. So our very special guest has knowledge right across the board. And he is a uh, proud uh, uh, gentleman who served proudly in the U.S. Navy in the uh, nuclear propulsion area. And... uh, Loves to uh, share us share some stories from time to time on that part of his life as well. Telephone wise, it's eight five five six six zero four two six one. Email Bob at Auto World Radio, Bob at BobLongRadio dot com, or Dan Watson at page dot com. And speaking of the man himself, let's bring him forth. Here he is, the most knowledgeable man in all of North America when it comes to lubrication. Mr. Dan Watson, welcome back to Auto World. How you doing, Dan? Doing great, Bob. Now, listen, I wouldn't say I am the most knowledgeable. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I'm a little more humble than that. Let's just say that I'm a, an expert in my own right, but there's some real smart guys out there that would argue with you about whether I'm the <laughs> most knowledgeable person. So I'll accept that compliment, but tone it down to that I'm I'm a good expert in my field. <laughs> Very good. Well, to me, you are, so we'll uh, we'll cast it that way. And speaking of the lubrication world, uh, what's been going on? Is there anything new from the uh, lube world? Well, you know, Bob, we talked a couple times in the past about the coming of uh, zero W16 viscosity motor oil to the United States uh, being called for Japanese cars of Honda, Toyota, maybe even uh, some Nissan and Mazda headed that direction. And the only reason I would bring it back up is just to remind our listeners out there, you're going to be seeing this, this stipulation, especially those of you that drive Hondas and Toyotas. And you need to pay attention to it because... If you're going to stick with that 0W16, which is what Honda and Toyota would have you do, you need to make sure you buy high-quality engine oil to meet that spec. See, Toyota and Honda have tested this 0W16 in Japan, but they tested it with high-spec synthetic engine oil. And unfortunately, another area that I'll talk about just a little bit tonight is the inability to know in North America whether you're getting 
high-quality synthetic engine oil when you buy something that says that it is a synthetic. So you have to be careful. Now, there is an out on a lot of this where it says that if you can't find 0W16, you could use 0W20. And if you don't know that you've got a top-of-the-line synthetic engine oil, I'd advise you to take that out and buy 0W20 unless you know you've got a quality synthetic. 0W16 is really getting down to a very thin engine oil. There's not much margin for error. If that oil loses much of its viscosity at uh, high temperature situations, it could be providing little to no protection because it's so thin. And with today's restrictions by the Environmental Protection Agency on how much zinc and phosphorus you can have in oil, well, if your viscosity starts to go on you, the only thing that protects you in a lot of moving parts is that zinc and phosphorus for anti-wear. And uh, that's been toned down some by the EPA to lower levels. So we find ourselves kind of in a perfect storm. Let's lower the viscosity and lower the zinc and phosphorus at the same time. And then let's see if it all works out. And you, you'll be the guinea pig with your car to see how things work out. I, I just don't know that that's my <laughs> my way of wanting to do business. You know, I, I'm always on here talking about that I don't understand the term overkill in my particular life. The more protection I can put on moving parts and whatever piece of equipment I have, the better I feel I'm protected, and I can't get too much protection. So I don't, I just can't define that term overkill. It's outside of my vocabulary. Now the next topic that I'll just repeat because you've heard me talk about this a few weeks back, maybe a month and a half or so, is that. It is really unfortunate, but we are at a time, at least here in the United States of America, where you are at a disadvantage as a, as a, as a consumer because the industry back in 1995 in a, let's just call it an industry spat between mobile and castor oil, uh, there was a decision handed down by a an authority which is part of the it's the national advertising division of the better business bureau anyway they handed down this decision that said that synthetic was a marketing term and now this is from an advertising group right so they're saying that you can use synthetic as an advertising term even if it describes a product which would not be synthetic by the lubrication engineer's definition of synthetic. Now, I know that sounds a little complicated, but what I want our listeners to understand is it's one of the most stupid decisions that have ever been perpetrated on the American public. And Mobile tried to warn about this when they lost because Mobile was arguing that if the way the oil was uh, manufactured was not consistent with the chemical engineer's definition of a synthetic oil, that it wasn't synthetic. Well, it had to do with, and I can't get into the weeds on this, folks. If you want to know more about it, you can read about this on the lube page. I've got some information there. I'll be posting some more that talk about this. but. The problem is is that they allowed 
a super refined, very good oil to be called synthetic. Okay, now, let's stick with that for a minute and say, well, okay, if that oil performed really pretty well, the consumer didn't get hurt too much because just if I can make uh, something perform almost as well as a synthetic, why can't I just call it synthetic, okay? Well, you can't because, you know, Abraham Lincoln was asked one time in a press, uh, a bunch of reporters were after him asking questions, and he got tired of it, and he asked one of the reporters, he said to him, if you call a dog's tail a leg, how many legs does the dog have? And the reporters laughed, and the reporter answered to Abraham Lincoln and said, well, then the dog would have five, Abe. And Lincoln replied and said, no, the dog still has four legs. You're just calling this tail a leg, and it's not a leg. In other words, <laughs> you have to stick with the reality of facts. Yeah. You know, you can call anything you want. I can call a trailer tire out here on my tandem wheel trailer, which are biased by tires. I can call that a radio. I can paint radio on the side of it. Still not radio. And it still is not. No, we'll finish it's it up after, quickly after the break, Bob, and then we'll do some questions. That sounds great. More with our expert, Dan Watson. Straight ahead, this is Auto World. Giving your radio a broadcasted tune-up. This is Auto World and your host, Bob Long. We're talking about lubrication, all aspects of lubrication, synthetic versus traditional uh, we've got our man of the hour with us, uh, Dan Watson, the president and CEO of the Lupage.com. You can email the Dan at uh, DanWatson at the Lupage.com. And uh, just to kick off of this hour with Dan, we've been talking about some of the new stories, some of the things to be looking out for in the lubrication world. And uh, you're so true in what you pointed out there in the first segment. You know, I, I I just kicked myself uh, recently. I I brought a I bought I should say uh, some no name gasoline, and even though I bought high octane version of that no brand name gasoline, you know, immediately my vehicle started knocking. So you got to be careful when somebody labels something, and that's why when it comes to synthetics. Uh, there, there really should be a little bit more definition as to what is a true synthetic, Dan. Well, Bob, what took place after this decision was made way back in 1995, and Mobile Oil Company warned at that time that by making that that decision on advertising, that it opened the door for so much fraud and misrepresentation that it, in the end that it would destroy the the whole idea of the synthetic lubrication market, okay? And that's what concerned them. They invested a lot of money in, in building some chemical plants to make the bases for uh, chemical-based synthetic oil. But here's the thing I would tell the, the consumer to listen to this, is that when you see a bottle of oil sitting on the shelf in the parts store and it says full synthetic, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing because since synthetic is a marketing term, it doesn't mean anything. It, it doesn't tell you what's really in the bottle. Now, I had for a number of years said, well, okay, but if they're sticking with what we call in the industry hydrocracked group three 
call it synthetic oil. They want to call that synthetic. It's such a high-performing oil in that market that it's probably okay as long as you stick with that. But within the last couple months, I was doing some research, and I came across some, um, let's just say, documents that that give you the contents of certain oils. And I looked up oils that said that on their labels that they were uh, full synthetic transmission fluid, full synthetic engine oil. And when I looked up their constituency by the same company that posted it, I don't know why they put that there, but they did, so thank you very much. And it showed that they were up to 50% highly refined mineral oil or petroleum. And that's on their document of what's in the bottle that they have to have for safety. What's on their label that says full synthetic. So I'm just telling the consumer out there, I have never been more let down by seeing that because this is the industry that I'm part of. And I can't believe they're getting away with this type of fraud and this this chicanery that's going on. So what I'm telling the, the consumer out there to do now is honestly, if you go to the store and you buy mobile annual change, Redline or Amsoil, I know those are real synthetic. I can't tell you about any of the rest because I was shocked. I used to say, if it's a good name brand, you know, in the business, it's probably going to be, they wouldn't risk their reputation on making stuff that wasn't really there. That's what I've said in the past. Well, let me tell you, yeah, they'll risk their reputation because they're making probably four times the profit off that bottle of oil that they've labeled as full synthetic, which is half petroleum. So it is terrible. It is basically the old laissez-faire, buyer beware. So I'm just sounding the cry out to our listeners to, to tell them, to at least inform them. Folks, be very careful about buying. Go on the Internet and dig out every bit of information you can about any oil before you buy it because the temptation to make extreme profits out of using the term synthetic as a marketing term rather than as a chemical term, I guess it's just been more than they could resist. They couldn't stand it. They just had to make the extra profit, and the consumer wouldn't know. Now, here's where it gets sort of testy, Bob. You know, manufacturers, I think you own one or you've driven one, several of them over the past, a Corvette. Well, Corvette says on it that you got to use, today it's got a thing that says use Mobile One or Mobile One equivalent, right? Right. And it's had that for some time. Well, they've had that because they're expecting you to use real synthetic engine oil. Yes. So if you go and buy one of these faux pas, uh, should have been synthetic, but by, their, by the law they can call it synthetic even though that it's glorified petroleum. And it doesn't satisfy the needs for your high-performance, extremely powerful Corvette engine and you have a problem, I mean, this could do real damage to people and their, especially high-performance vehicles that need synthetic engine oil because they run high temperatures and they have uh, tight, very tight clearances and flow situations and they need the performance of a high-performance synthetic engine oil. And here you go with somebody labeling something that is not, certainly not a Mobile One equivalent because it's half of it is petroleum so i'm saying this stuff has real consequences so if you're out there listening to me and you have a vehicle that says it requires synthetic engine oil hey uh, just do yourself a favor right now stick with amsoil mobile 
a red line. Red line makes primarily nothing but racing oils and very, very high performance, so you probably wouldn't use that in your passenger car. But I know that Amsoil and Mobile make real synthetic engine oil. Okay, I'm telling you right now, the rest, they don't have my confidence. And that, that's a sad thing to say because I would never say that about some of those other larger oil producers. But, my goodness, the stuff I, I saw when I went looking on the Internet, it just shocked me. So to the consumer, beware of it and do your own due diligence and look hard before you spend that extra money to buy what should be synthetic. It turns out that it's not. So let's move on to questions because I would just, you know, <laughs> I depressed myself before I got done with much more of that. So <laughs> I understand completely. Listening on WOCA in Ocala, Florida, uh, Gary has written us a note here. Can you please tell me if a standard oil filter is okay to use with AMSOIL 0W20? I drive a 2013 Dodge Grand Caravan with the uh, 3.6 liter V6, and that, of course, is a flex fuel engine. Well, he asks a good question. I get this question all the time. AMSOIL does not require you to run an AMSOIL filter with the oil. Now, that being said, we had a whole session once. You remember it? I did on filters. Yeah. Again, listen, in the world of filters, you just get what you pay for, and that's the honest truth. If you, you buy some filter and it costs you $4.95, you got your four ninety five's worth of it probably in about 500 miles before it, it stops filtering, okay? Um, you got to buy high-quality filters when you use high-quality synthetic engine oil because then you can go up with AMS oil and some of the mobile oils. You can actually go the distance the oil is recommended for. Okay, I'll finish it up after the break, Bob. That's a great idea. And anybody who would like to get on board here, 855-660-4261, Bob at Onward Radio. Watson at thelubepage.com. This is Auto World. Hi, this is Jay Leno, and you're listening to Auto World with Bob Long. Watch out, man. How you drive that channel like that? Dan Watson, CEO of the Lube Page, is with us. And we're continuing to talk and uh, wrap up on a question we got from Gary in Ocala, Florida, WOCA. And it's about using a standard oil filter uh, with a uh, with a product like uh, AMSOIL 0W20. And... Um, Dan, you've already uh, answered the question there that uh, AMSOIL doesn't require the combination of an AMSOIL filter with the AMSOIL oil, but uh, certainly wouldn't do any harm. Well, the thing about it is is that there are, there are other high-quality filters, too, but since AMSOIL makes extended drain interval oil, one, our mid-grade line is good for 12,000 miles or one year. That's the XL oil, and the Signature Series oil is good for one year, 25,000 miles, it's actually in your interest to run a filter that has a longer life than the standard um, 6,000 miles uh, that a lot of filters will go. Now, some filters will actually go on out to uh, 7,500, even 10,000 miles. They cost more money. But if you buy, like I said, a $4 filter, $5 filter, if you find one, that filter is made so cheaply that 
it will be lucky that it really filters very well over 3,000 miles, much less any greater distance. And so you're going to get what you pay for in filters. And we talked about this one time before, and I won't beat a dead horse, but a filter has to have excellent efficiency. And a lot of times, folks, I'll give you a couple things to look for. You look at these filters, and it says on the box uh, that it has, uh, it removes 30 micron particles uh, at uh, nominal efficiency, okay? Now, what nominal means is 50%. It means every other 30 micron particle goes through the filter, okay? That's what nominal means. It's just 50%. What you want to look for is a true efficiency rating. What is the efficiency of this filter at a particular micron level? Is it a... 20 micron filter that is 90% efficient. In other words, it removes 9 out of 10 particles that come into it at that size. So you're looking for the efficiency of the filter and then the recommended filter life. That gives you an idea of the type of filter medium in it, whether it can store a little bit of trapped particles and continue to filter or whether it gets filled up rather quickly, runs out of any life to filter anything. And then also you always want to buy a filter that has some ability for the oil to bypass the filter. It's a safety issue. If that filter was really clogged up and you couldn't get oil flow through it, you'd starve your bearings. So a good quality filter has a bypass system available, bypass valve in it, that if the medium restricts too much flow, it'll just go through the bypass and get around the filter because it's better to get dirty oil to a bearing than no oil at all. So be careful with filters, but back to the simple answer, no, you don't have to run an AMSOIL filter with AMSOIL. We recommend that you run a high-quality filter with any oil, but if you're going to get the most out of your AMSOIL and go those twelve or 25,000 miles, you need to match up with a longer drain interval filter that can do the job and do it effectively. So I'm ready, Bob, to go on. I'm just full of information tonight. <laughs> That's great. We'll go to Sarasota, Florida, where John writes, I uh, use AMSOIL Signature Series, the FW20, on a 2017 Kia Sportage equipped with a 2.4-liter GDI engine. That is the recommended oil. But the manual states that I can use 5W30 in the same temperature range. Would it be better to go with the 5W30 because of the fuel in the oil dilution? I have 15,000 miles on the car at the moment. What do you think, Dan? Well, these GDI engines, I would always recommend staying with the 30-weight oil. And the reason for that is is that these are direct-injected engines, and it's already known that those injectors leak some uh, raw gasoline into the engine. It's nothing to worry about, but when you put some fuel into the oil, you thin the oil slightly. It's, you know, the gasoline is thinner than engine oil. So if you put enough gasoline in it, you keep thinning it, it gets thinner. So the idea of using the 5W30 is you can tolerate some fuel dilution and not have thin the oil lower than a good solid 20-weight oil, which is what it called for to begin with. But if you start with a 20 and you end up with any significant amount of fuel dilution, you could thin that oil below the 20-weight level, and now you're starting to talk about uh, some potential enhanced wear taking place uh, because of that. So 
Um, now this is this is live, folks. If you hear the phone ringing in the background, I can't stop the telephone company. So. <laughs> but anyway, so that's the point. Five to twenty certainly would have enough protection, but it's a GDI is for gasoline direct injected engine. Now there, that means the injector is in the cylinder just like it is in a diesel. That's direct injection. And the problem is, is that uh, they they had this. For cent, not centuries, but for for decades in diesels, of where injectors always leak, and that's one of the reasons why, believe it or not, diesel engines were always requiring 40 weight engine oil was as a backup that in case you got a little too much diesel in the oil, it would still be at least a 30 weight engine oil and protect your engine. So, same sort of theory here. If the GDI engine gives you an alternative to use a 30 weight use the 30 weight instead of the 20 in the GDI engines. That's my personal recommendation. If you have trouble with your manufacturer, the guy's telling you not to do it, you better stick with what they say under warranty because their word would be the law for warranty. But I'm telling you from a technical standpoint, I can say it, technical standpoint, that <laughs> 5W30 in a GDI engine would be a better idea. Yeah, well, I definitely can see where you're going with that, Dan. We got a question from Gil in New York. He owns a Ford Focus 2012-2013. My owner's manual says that I should use a Motocraft 5W20 blend synthetic. My question is, what if I use a full synthetic oil? Would it damage my car in the long term? Well, this is somebody asking a question. It's a good question, but it's apparent that he really doesn't know what it means to be synthetic or petroleum or full synthetic because uh, if we were talking about that these terms really, really mean what they say, and I, let's say I got a blend synthetic and whatever it is, it's 30% synthetic and 70% petroleum, and then I've got a full synthetic, which is supposed to be all synthetic, well, there's... There's no damage that can happen to your car. If the full synthetic was a real full synthetic, it would just be giving you the additional benefit of greater performance and greater protection, and especially in higher low temperature, than the blend. Now, that being said, I caution anybody when you use anything that says blend. And from my previous discussion in the first segment, uh, today it doesn't make much difference if it says it's a blend because it could be a blend of... Uh, two different petroleum uh, bases, and they could call it a blended synthetic because since synthetic is only a marketing term now, who knows what it really is. But assuming you're trying to play by the right rules, even then there are no rules for what when you have a blend of how much of anything you've got to have. A blend is a blend. It could have 5% synthetic, 95% petroleum. It could have 95% synthetic and 5% petroleum. People relate in their mind that blend must mean 50-50. There is no stipulation for that. It's just a blend. It's a synthetic blend. It's got some petroleum and some synthetic. How much? Well, I don't know. That's probably proprietary information of the company. They won't say. And so don't buy blends. Either stick with a very, very good performing petroleum engine oil or go on to a synthetic engine oil. But... Blends just don't make any sense. No, I couldn't agree with you more, Dan. When we come back on the other side, we got uh, Terry in Arkansas, and 
we got room for you, too, if you dial in at 855-660-4261 or email Dan, Dan Watson at thelubepage.com or myself, Bob Long, Bob at BobLongRadio.com. This is Auto World. Giving your radio a broadcasted tune-up. This is Auto World and your host, Bob Long. Have you heard the story of the hot rod race with the Fords and Legacy? Well, this that he's our go-to guy when it comes to all things lubrication-wise. He is one of the largest AMS oil distributors in all of North America. And we've got Terry in Arkansas and Bill in Columbia uh, standing by with uh, some questions. But uh, before we get to those, why don't we make sure and reiterate your email address, Dan, as well as your telephone number. Well, you can get me at Dan Watson, my name, Dan Watson, at thelubepage.com, which is also my website, uh, lubepage.com. Number is 800-370-2986. You can contact me directly by email or on the lube page. You can put a question into me on the lube page. So i love to get your questions and uh, send out some answers. Absolutely, and we've got questions here from uh, Terry in Arkansas. According to Honda, they say to change oil every 10,000 miles or one year specifies 5W20. Being a first-time Amsoil user, I am leaning towards buying the 5W20XL. Should I follow the Honda or the Amsoil interval? Well, uh, he has a real good question there. Now, some people get a little confused in these oil change intervals of what is, quote, a uh, hard, fast requirement that if you didn't do it, quote, you're going to avoid your warranty. All right. Now, uh went through this, Samsung did, some 20 years ago with uh, letters to each one of these major uh, automobile companies. Toyota, Honda, Mazda, Chevy, Ford, Dodge, all these guys. And the consistent answer they got back from them was, no, you're not going to void your warranty by running your engine oil longer than the recommended interval if it is shown that the engine oil had nothing to do with the failure. So that's an important thing to understand. You can't void warranties just on some recommendation you have to show a connection between whatever you're doing and the the failure. For example, if you've got a nice V6 engine running and it breaks a connector rod pin and throws a uh, one cylinder, throws a connector rod through the side of the block and all the rest of the things are pristine except for that one that broke, I guarantee it's, it's some type of flaw in the metal and the, and, the, and the wrist pin gave out and bang, it's gone, okay? That's got nothing to do with anybody's lubrication, whether it be Amzo, Valvoline, Quaker State, whatever it is. It's just a mechanical failure. So most of the time when you have an engine failure, unless the engine seized, it's not got anything to do with lubrication. Now, where lubrication might come in in some type of engine situation would be long-term use of an oil that was inferior and next thing you know, you've worn the rings out or your your bearings are got so much play in and they're slapping and knocking because the oil didn't give enough lubrication to protect the bearings. 
So engines that fail on a, some type of bad lubrication problem is usually because you have a long period of extra wear in a situation or you just flat out run the engine out of oil and seize the engine, okay? That would be lack of lubrication. So you have to do a failure analysis before you can determine if the warranty is even going to hold, okay? That's what the company would do. And so we tell anybody, I don't care if it's Amsoil, whose oil you have, the minute you ever have any kind of an engine failure, nobody's exactly sure what happened, you demand an oil sample be sent. You get an oil sample of that engine and you send it. If you don't know where to send it, you contact me at the lubepage.com and we can get you an oil sample from an independent lab done so that you can argue with your dealership about whether or not uh, oil had anything to do with anything. Now, that's not just for Amsoil. You, you run into these problems using other oils that they want to claim that if you didn't have the service done at the dealership, then you didn't have it done. Well, that's not true. People get service done at a lot of places. So keep your receipts, keep your records, and then if your car goes in for a problem, get an oil sample. You tell them to not drain that oil, not to mess with that until you have a chance to get an oil sample, okay? That oil sample is what holds up on the warranty. And that oil sample is like a blood test on somebody that the coroner's doing a, a you know, uh, autopsy on. It's going to tell you a whole lot about what failed in that, that engine from that oil analysis. Okay, A good oil analysis interpretation can do that for you. Now, hey, if you want to get an oil sample and you want to give me the, re- the results of it, you come through the loop page and tell me you've got a problem going on, you want to know what your oil sample means that you got, uh, I'll take and interpret the results for you. won't cost you anything, just uh Get in touch with me through the lube page. Now, Honda says 10,000 miles. The Amsoil XL oil would be 12,000 miles or one year, okay? The Amsoil Signature Series would be good for up to 25,000 miles. So here's the case. Uh, for this gentleman, uh, I would say he probably would run the XL oil. He would be more comfortable with that with the 12,000-mile change interval being pretty close to the 10 that that Honda was recommending, but he wouldn't be restricted to that. He could run the Signature Series for up to 25,000 miles or one year, and uh, Amsoil has a separate warranty to back that oil up. Okay, And it's available. If you want a copy of it again, you know, send me an email and say you'd like to get a copy of Amsoil's uh, warranty for their oil to see what it says. Because it's a good warranty, but it has to be the oil samples have to prove that the, the oil itself was the cause of the problem. You can't say, well, I had two bad flat tires on the back that went bad. I want Amsoil to replace them because it must be warranted because Amsoil has a warranty. No, it has to be connected and it has to show that the oil was something that failed. And so I can almost guarantee you you're never going to have a case where the oil from Amsoil failed to protect. You may have an engine break, but it won't be because it wasn't lubricated. So for Terry... Yes, Terry, you can run either one, but if you're more comfortable with that XL oil, it'll do real well for you for 12,000 miles of one year. Let's move on to uh, Bill in Columbia, I believe, South Carolina. What is the difference in 20W50 and 5W30 oils? Uh, Bill thinks that 20W50 gives 
more protection, so why shouldn't I run it in all my cars? Well, you know, the thing has always been thicker is better. They even make 60 and 70 weight oils, okay? But <laughs> the problem is the person, that, the company that manufactures the car, they design in a certain clearance in the bearings, and then they have a certain size gallery. That's the little hole that the oil flows through to lubricate the inside surface of the bearing on the main and the, and the connector rod bearings. And you're going to run into a problem with oil that's too thick because it will not pump through that hole with any ease. And what happens is it starves the bearing for oil. The bearing gets hot enough to thin the oil down to where it squeezes through the hole and it finally flows enough. But it has to thin down to flow through it. So use a good grade oil that matches the manufacturer's recommendation. Don't use thicker oils thinking they're going to provide you with better protection. They're not going to flow through the tight clearances in these new modern engines. So you can use 20W50 because it has a very high rating for high temperature, high shear in engines that are made for it. And by the way, folks, most of these guys that are weekend racers and are doing the roundy round things out here, these kind of guys, the engine manufacturer makes those engines what we call loose so that they can run a 2050 oil, but when they're loose, they will crank RPM up very fast, okay? And that's what they want. So they run the thicker oil, and they are able to run wider clearances so those engines are a bit loose, and they will, they'll crank up to 9,300 RPM in a hurry. Now, if you bring your standard automobile up to 9,300 RPMs, we'll be picking up the pistons somewhere in the, <laughs> on the side of the road, so don't try that. But, but those engines are made for that. They use a 20W50. You can get good protection with thin oils, but they have to be high quality. That's why I was talking earlier tonight about the Zero W16. You buy Zero W16, if you can't figure out that you're getting high quality, I'm going to tell you now, and I rarely ever say this, just get a quart of Zero W16 from Toyota or a quart of Zero W16 from Honda if you can't be sure you're getting a high quality synthetic somewhere else. I know AMZO, we make one in the XL line right now. They haven't even gone far enough it's so new to make it in the signature series but it's out in the xl and mobile makes it okay but you just can't trust some of these others so if you're not sure i guarantee you toyota selling it. absolutely as usual dan watson does a spectacular job visit dan at the loophage.com and what's that telephone number dan it's 800-370-2986 Thank you, my friend. That will do it for this hour of Auto World. My name is Bob Long. Thank you for coming along for the ride.